we can laugh because we know it's true. Uh, we're, we're talking about the commandments of God, and, and, and again, I think some people, you, you might say, okay, this really does seem as a strange season to talk about it because we, we just celebrated Easter a few weeks ago. But the reality is, I, I want you to understand the commandments are not, or at least I don't see the commandments as burden. Uh, the law is given to us uh, as a way to help us uh, learn how to live as people of abundance. Uh, it guides us. I believe that it often uh, offers us protection really from ourselves because we often are the ones that we stumble over. And so I think that the, the commandments help us to, uh, to, to have some order in, in the midst of chaos. And so I'm hopeful that you will learn the commandments. So we have been looking at them for a couple of weeks now. So who can, you have to shout out and you're more than welcome online to put it in your comments. Somebody tell me what the first commandment is. No other gods before me. I hear, I, I heard the mumble. You're right. No other gods before me. All right. So what about the second one? No idols. Do not make an idol for yourself. Uh, and so today we're going to find ourselves in the third commandment. So if you've got your Bibles, I want you to turn to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. And we are going to look at verse 7. Exodus chapter 20, verse 7. Scripture reads, Do not... Use Yahweh your God's name as if it were of no significance. Yahweh won't forgive anyone who uses his name that way. And then if you've got your Bibles, just flip over to Leviticus. Leviticus chapter 19. Leviticus chapter 19. And I want to read to you verse 12. Scripture reads this way, you must not swear falsely by my name, desecrating your God's name in doing so. I am Yahweh. I see a connection. We talked about this the first week. We, we, I see a connection again to this concept of Yahweh that we, we sometimes forget. And I said to you that our Jewish brothers and sisters see that part of the commandment, that that's another command for them, that I am Yahweh your God. And so for us to stop and realize, I mean, names... Names mean something. Claire and I are at a point in our lives where on occasions, we don't do it all the time, but on occasions we will sit around and talk about if we're blessed with grandchildren, what will our grandchildren call us? <laughs> Obviously some of y'all may have had that conversation, but, and I realize this is probably a control issue for me again because I can't control it. Um, as we know, grandchildren kind of come to their own decision on what that's going to be. But, but we sometimes will sit around and think about, and I think it goes back to, so my mother's dad passed away when my mother was little. And so I never knew him and my grandmother on her side was, was with my granny. She died when I was very little. So I really never knew them either. Uh, so my dad's mother and dad uh, were my only set of grandparents. And I call them grandmother and granddaddy. And I think that name, I loved them deeply, but I think that name kind of set up 
how we understood each other. I mean, we, we had a little bit of a distant relationship. She was my grandmother. You know, I watched my children um, with my parents. They are Mama and Papa. Uh, Claire's parents were Papa and Gigi. Um, and there's a little more intimacy, I think, that they have with, with their grandparents that maybe I didn't have. And so I think the name, and that may sound crazy to you, but I think the name kind of has some significance in how we how we relate when I was in college I I decided my first semester or first quarter of college I decided I was going to go by Andrew and so everybody that I met at orientation and I met the first few weeks of school I would say my name is Andrew Um, it did not take Uh, (laughs) I am not Andrew, uh, I am Andy. Uh, and, and I tried as much as I wanted to, but I think name says just something about who you are and, and character. And, and I say that solely because as we think about today this commandment, I want you to think about that with regard to God's name. Nobody named God. God named God. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago when Moses asked the question in the burning bush experience, when Moses asked the question, what is your name? It was God who said, I am Yahweh. I am who I am. I am the source. I'm the creator. I'm the sustainer of everything. And I think that name means something. So I think there is a connection. And so when we hear and think about it that way, then listen to the third commandment. Do not use Yahweh, your God's name, as if it were of no significance. Yahweh won't forgive anyone who uses his name that way. My guess would be is that many of us, the familiar way we have heard this commandment is, do not take the Lord's name in vain. That's what the video said. And for most of us, or I can at least say for me, I grew up thinking that this commandment was telling me not to cuss. That was what I was taught that I was not supposed to cuss because of this commandment here. And I think that it has some significance to that, and we'll talk about that at the end of the message, but, but I think it's a greater significance than just simply that when you really look and think about what this commandment is saying. I think principally, at the heart of this commandment, it's about being people of integrity. That's what the heart of this is about. There's this longstanding practice in the ancient world that when people would tell us something and they wanted people to know that it was true they would swear to God and we do that I mean we if some if you're trying to tell something that sounds impossible what do we say swear to God right I mean we do this very thing goes all the way back now y'all learn that it goes all the way back to Moses and before that when they wanted to say something, when they wanted to tell somebody, they would swear to a deity, they would swear to a God that it was true. And we see that. I tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help me God, right? This is a practice that we have. If I do a wedding, most weddings, if they use traditional vows, I'll use Claire as my example, because I'm married to her, so I can say, in the name of God, I, Andy, Take Claire as my wife. This is a common practice that we do, and we understand this when we really stop and think about it. And what we are saying is that everything that we're saying, doing, is absolutely true. 
We are being people of integrity. Listen again. Do not use Yahweh, your God's name, as if it were no significance. In other words, don't use Yahweh in a promise that you know you're not going to keep. Don't use Yahweh in a way that disrespects the name of God. It demeans God. Now we have to remember that at this point in time, Israel is being birthed into a nation. They have been slaves and they have been set free and they're trying to learn how to to live and how to go about. And what I think this is trying to say to us, which is very important, is you cannot build a society that is not based on trust. That it's important that you have the Jewish Bible, the Jewish study Bible says it this way, you will not swear falsely by the name of Yahweh your God, for Yahweh will not clear one who swears falsely by his name. We forget that part. If we remember the commandments, when I ask you next week, what's the third commandment? We're going to say, don't take the Lord's name in vain. We forget about the other part of that, which is that Yahweh won't forgive those who don't do it. This is one of the only two commands that come with a warning. Now, we believe from Jesus Christ that we are forgiven, certainly, but I think this stresses to us the significance of using the name of Yahweh in a way that is holy and right. This should be a big deal to us. That's why Leviticus says, you must not swear falsely by my name, desecrating your God's name in doing so. I am Yahweh. It's about integrity. Now, I hate to speak in generalities because every generality breaks down. So you always have exceptions, and I get that. But I'm going to say I have done enough funerals in my life to say that I think this is an area where the older generation got this better than my generation. And I don't want to say this about the younger generation. I just want to say younger generation, this is something I think you can learn from the older generation. I've done so many funerals of parents, I mean, children and grandchildren hear what they'll say. And you can finish this statement for me. Their word is their bond their word is their bond in essence what these children and grandchildren would say is if he said it he did it if he said it he meant it if he said it was true it was to the best of his knowledge that it was true if he said he would fix it he'd figure out a way to fix it if he said that uh he would be there he would try his best to be there his word is his bond that's what i hope at the end of my life my children and my wife can say about me i told you i love to be your pastor but at the end of the day i want them to see me standing up here preaching and being the same person that they see sitting in the living room at our house i want them to see me as being a pure person of integrity we had this week claire and i we had to uh, do some things in the midst of transition and we were talking about uh, we had encountered someone and, and they were um, ethically they said something that neither one of us liked and when they said that we both turned to each other and we said we don't want to use them um, because they've already shown me a red flag we need to be people of integrity and the sad thing is we live in a culture where honesty is a surprise why I read a study 
that was very interesting. I read a study that looked at uh, if you go through the checkout counter and you are getting your groceries and you're standing in line and you see that they check something out incorrectly, that if you're in Kroger, Publix, Walmart, something like that, you are much more likely to just consider yourself lucky and move on. But if you're in a mom or pop store, if you know the person, if you know the person who's checking you out, then you're more likely to, to say something. How much is your integrity worth? Let's do something brave today. How many of you have ever checked out somewhere or something like that and they rang something up incorrectly and you didn't say a word, you just walked on? It's okay, raise your hand. I'm raising my hand, I've done it. How much is our integrity worth if we're willing to do that? Truth is, it's easy to tell the truth and keep the word if there's no cost to you, right? Listen to what it says in Psalm 15, because when it costs you something, who can live in your tent, Lord? Who can dwell on your holy mountain? The person who lives free of blame, does what is right, and speaks the truth sincerely, who does no damage with their talk, does no harm to a friend, doesn't insult a neighbor, someone who despises those who act wickedly, but who honors those who honor the Lord. And then look what it says in verse 4, someone who keeps their promise even when it hurts. Jesus teaches it this way on the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, You have heard that it was said to those who lived long ago, Don't make a false, solemn pledge, but you should follow through on what you have pledged to the Lord. But I say to you that you must not pledge at all. You must not pledge by heaven because it's God's throne. You must not pledge by the earth because it's God's footstool. You must not pledge by Jerusalem because it's the city of the great king. And you must not pledge by your head because you can't turn one hair white or black. Let your yes mean yes and your no mean no. Anything more than this comes from the evil, evil one. Just tell the truth. Be a person of integrity. Last week, I said to you that we, had, we have people in our congregation who are Republican and Democrat. But here's something I think, dangerous, I think we can possibly agree on this. We struggle as a society with knowing how to deal with truth or even what is truth. Because we have a new phrase, fake news, right? And to those who are on the right, the fake news is on the left. And to those who are on the left, the fake news is on the right. If a politician today gives a speech, immediately we have a news outlet that's going to give you fact-checking. And then you have the opposite media outlet that's going to fact-check the fact-checker. Right? We struggle with this. Listen. If we are going to prosper the way that God wants us to prosper, we have to tell the truth to each other. If we're going to prosper the way that God wants us to prosper, we cannot lie to each other. That is true as a society. That is true as a denomination. That is true as an annual conference. That is true as a church. That is true as a Sunday school class. If we are going to prosper the way God wants us to prosper, we cannot lie to each other. The Hebrew word for take is tasal, and we translate it to use, take or use, but it actually means to carry. And I want you to think about this. 
If you have been baptized, you carry the name of Christ with you just by your baptism. Do you carry it well? Do you carry it in a way that has value? Do you carry it in a way that is worthless? Your actions, do they carry God's name in a way that is honoring to God, hallowing God? And it's pretty obvious for us, I think, when we see people do things that are obviously in counter to God, but yet they do it in God's name. We see that in hate. We see that in terrorism. Uh, we see that in um, Holocaust. Uh, we see that in genocide where people in the name of God do something that is extremely offensive to God. I mean, can you imagine what Yahweh thought when Adolf Hitler said he was going to kill millions of Jews in the name of God? That's an obvious one for us. But what about when it's less obvious? Many of you may have grown up like I did. Um, Rwanda had a, had a time of, of genocide and the church didn't advocate for people to go kill people. 90% of the people were Christian. What they did was they just said nothing. See, here's the struggle with this commandment is we can, we can break this commandment by commission, which is we do something in the name of God that is horrendous and offensive to God, but we also can break this commandment by omission which means we see something that is not of God. We see something that is contrary to God's way and we just say nothing as a church or as a people or even as individuals. I continue to get you to think about ways that maybe are different than just simply cussing as a way that we break this commandment. What about times where you live your life in a way that is inconsistent with the gospel? How do you bear his name in those situations? Some of you are going to go out to eat sometime in the near future. And if you go out to eat and you're at a restaurant and they give you less than stellar service, maybe they give you the wrong food, maybe the waitress or waiter is rude, and you react negatively to them. Maybe you cuss them out, maybe you say something ugly, maybe you're just mean and rude back. And across the way is somebody in the church, and they watch you. Do we misuse God's name because we're bearing his name? When you see somebody on Facebook or, or social media and they say something that, that you just are adamantly opposed to in another way, but you tear them down, are you bearing his name any better than they may be? You drive anywhere near 75. Somebody cuts you off, cusses you out, flips you off. And how do you react? Do you bear his name well? Or do you bear his name as no value? If you spend any amount of time, any amount of time with people who do not go to church and ask them why they don't want to go to church, more than likely, one of the main reasons people are going to tell you that they don't want to go to church you want to guess what? It's you and me. Not you, Randy, but me, you and me. <laughs> it's all of us and me. 
But, but you get what I'm saying is they, they look at us and here's what they see is they see people who are no different. They see people who will cuss you out just as quick. They will see people who are just as mean. They'll see people who are just as rude. They're going to see people who are no different than those who they know that don't go to church. Are you bearing his name well? Or are you bearing his name with no significance? Jesus was the exact opposite. He drew people. And you know how he drew people? He drew people because he loved them. He drew people because he, he um, welcomed them. And the same, the same story is true if you go and find somebody who used to not go to church and now they come to church. You know what's going to tell, most likely they're going to tell you is the reason they came was because one person showed them love. One person was gracious to them. One pe- person uh, was kind to them in a way. One person didn't judge them. One person accepted them and then invited them to church. Do you bear his name well? Or do you bear his name with no significance? These are ways that we don't always think about this commandment of hallowing God's name. We simply think it just says, don't cuss. But let's talk about that one. Profanity. In Latin, the word pro means outside. The word phantom means the temple. So it's anything that you take that is holy and sacred and you take it outside the temple. When we say God's name, just like an exclamation point, like we saw in the video, are we treating it as though it was just insignificant? I'm going to give you some very profound direction. Don't do that. <laughs> That's all I got for you. Uh, don't do it. Take, when you think about the way that you use the name of Jesus, the way that you use the name of God, and think about only using it in ways that are holy and sacred. When you pray and when you're, when you're reading scripture, when you, when you are witnessing to someone, think about using it in ways that are holy and sacred rather than using it in ways that are not. I, I had written the service and, and started thinking about the sermon all week long, and I noticed myself on numerous occasions doing the very thing I'm telling you not to do, exclamation point. Challenge yourself. Just be aware of it. Reflect this week how many times or next couple of weeks how many times you might do that. If that's an area that you struggle in, don't do it. Choose to use the name of God in only ways that are holy, sacred. This is something we can learn. Now, I may think that Jewish brothers and sisters may go a little too far with that, but the reality is this is something we can learn from them that we can take from their faith and we can approach and think about it in our own lives. I want to end today with listening to Paul in Colossians 3. Whatever you do, whatever you do, whether in speech or action, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus and give thanks to God the Father through him. Whatever you do, you carry his name with you. When you walk out this door, you carry his name with you. Bear his name well. Amen, church? I'm going to invite you, if you are able, to stand and join me as we pray together the Lord's Prayer. Would you join me as we pray? Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, 
on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.